Hello, Brian, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. And joining us this week is Selena Hoy. Selena is an outreach coordinator at TEL, the English language mental health support lifeline in Japan, and a former English teacher in Japan. So she knows firsthand exactly how important these kinds of services are. Selena, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great rig you've got here. On this week's show, we'll talk to Selena about the cultural clash and the expectations and perceptions of mental health services between Japan and the West, and why that's an especially important discussion to have today, September 10th, which is World Suicide Prevention Awareness Day. September 10th is also International Make Your Comedy Podcast Recording Extremely Challenging Day, which is kind of a fun coincidence. Plus, Ali's got your weekly River Cruise recommendation. Ali? Yes, Bobby. In honor of this week's theme, later in the show, I'll be running through the top 10 river cruise boat suicide prevention measures and the cruises that advocate for them. Making the list is high strength netting, staff training, and the alleviation of poverty. Also, a Tokyo cruise company has launched a nostalgic experience cruise that faithfully recreates the feel of the mid 80s and early 90s as it takes you on a watery journey through the days of the Japanese economic bubble. Just a heads up, you're going to want to get off before the end. Yeah, apparently even the drugs get bad during the last stretch. All that coming up later, but first, Soap Talk. Brian, just before we start, I I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the extent to which your, your presence here in the recording affects the quality of the show. Thanks a lot, Bobby. Right, leave it. Okay, uh, Selena. Thank you for humoring us as we try to be humorous this week. Uh, we do want to start up front by saying that we absolutely don't intend to make jokes about the importance of mental health. But jokes about Ollie's physical health are still fair game, I presume, Bobby. As long as they don't affect your mental health, I think we're okay. Um, personally, right. I, I've said this in other places, so I don't mind being open about it here as well. Um, I do suffer from a mild case of bipolar disorder and also depression runs in my family. Um, I have an aunt who died by suicide. And I've had other run-ins with the effects of suicide in my personal life. So I do very much appreciate the service that Tel provides. Yeah, I'll echo that. I've got some some sad skin in the game too. Bobby, don't say a lot of skin, please. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the show now uh, for, for release today, this Friday, is because it's the start of the Step Up Challenge, um, which is part of the service that Tel provides. And I think, you know, Bobby and I, we, we both you know, used similar services. We both have friends that, that rely on them. So we, this is, you know, this has come from a position of, of, of gratitude. And so we thought that we'll just spend Soap Talk talking about the Step Up Challenge. And we know that there's going to be a lot of brands listening that are going to be interested in getting involved and potentially even helping. So can you just walk us through what the Step Up Challenge is and how we can get involved? Okay, thanks. So the Step Up Challenge is TEL's biggest awareness raising event of the year. And it is on uh, World Suicide Prevention Day. September 10th, which is today. And uh, it's part of our uh, awareness raising around suicide uh, prevention and mental health. Um, TEL has been around since 1973, and we are a certified nonprofit organization in Japan serving the international community's mental health needs. Mm. And uh, what we aim for with this challenge is to get people thinking and talking about uh, mental health and mental illness and suicide prevention. So with this year's challenge, we're asking people to walk 21,081 steps. That seems like a long way. Is that a long way? It is It, it is a long way. And uh, what that actually represents is that um, 21,081 is the number of lives that were lost to suicide in Japan last year. And so as, as you're walking this challenge, we ask that people um, reflect on that and 
do this walk to honor the people who've lost their lives to suicide. That 21,000 number should obviously be zero, right? This seems like a preventable disease. So year on year, if we do bring the numbers down, and we hope we do, then I'm more likely to participate in the challenge. Um, Any time anytime it's more manageable. So what is what is doing the walk actu- actually do? Are you using it to raise money or, or is it just a conversation starter? Or how do people participate? It's both. So we ask people to sign up uh, at our website, which is televents.org and um, register to walk and then tell us what day that you'll be walking between today, September 10th, World Suicide Prevention Day, and October 10th, one month later, which is World Mental Health Day. We ask Mm. that you choose one day to do your walk. And then when you do it, um, there's a fee to enter. And there's also a fundraising page that you can set up so that your friends and family can donate in your name and cheer you on. Uh, We hope that this will not only raise um, some money for our lifeline, which is uh, every single day in Japan that we're answering calls and chats, but Mm -hmm. also that uh, it'll help people to have conversations and to start conversations about mental health and suicide prevention. So the cynical view is that, well, we we talk about mental health a lot. Well, let's stop talking about it. Let's start fixing it. Now, obviously, Tell's position is, no, there's, there's still more to be done. There's still a stigma around talking about mental health. Do you think that's particularly acute in the foreign community in Japan? I think that uh, we do talk about it in the international community for sure, but it's still not enough. You know, we have about 58 deaths a day in Japan. Um, It may be a little bit more this year because of uh, the pandemic. The numbers have actually gone up last year and this year for the first time in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So... We are this this crisis is not going away. Um, And so we do need to talk about it more. Um, We it should be zero suicides and it's not. So we need to talk about it. Of course, we need action. We need people to participate. We need systems change as well. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with people recently. Um, I think Ali and I, we've had conversations about this, but also like friends back in the States, other friends in Japan where we're seeing a huge boom in interpersonal relationship difficulty where you're fighting with people that you wouldn't normally fight with. You're going through all of these family struggles. And one thing that that's come up in the conversations that I always try to remind myself of and remind other people of is that everyone right now, everyone is is in the middle of like almost two full years of misery, of being stuck, mm. of being financially affected in a very negative way, of being unable to do the things that make them happy in many cases. And I think it's really important to remember that that everyone's mental health is suffering. But that doesn't mean that if your mental health suffering, it's not important. No, right? no, I mean, that, that was not that was not my point. I think my well, point no, of was... course, but I think it's worth saying, isn't it? Because I, I, I battle with this a lot, that whenever I'm thinking, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm feeling down or I don't have much optimism or, or I'm aware that, that I'm not approaching relationships with people that I care about in the way that I want to. One thing I'll often do is dissuade myself of the importance of talking about it because there are other people that have it far worse than me or because I'm actually in a more financially stable position than, uh, than others or because actually I've still got people that love me. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because on the one hand, yeah, right, we've all, we've all gone through shit. But sometimes we could use that to, to diminish the importance of our own pr- problems. Yeah, I think that that happens a lot. Um, and, and I hope that people can see it as uh, it's so common that it's, it shouldn't be a shame 
to get help. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel ashamed mm. to get help. But some people do um, say, well, someone else has got it worse. Well, someone else has always got it worse. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're not um, deserving of help too. Well, there's no, there's no doubt at all that the work that Tal does is is important. And in that spirit, this week we're not going to uh, persuade you. Or, or, well, actually, we, we very rarely manage to persuade you. We plead, we entreat, but we very rarely achieve uh, our listeners buying us a coffee. But this week, um, rather than pointing you to buy buy me a coffee, uh, we're going to point you to the Tell website, either through the Step Up Challenge uh, or, or generally through their their standard donation drive. Um, and if you want to uh, to let them know that it's been done um, because you heard about them on Japan by River Cruise, that will not only help Tell uh, but also make Selena regret the decision to come on this show just slightly less also one of us at least should do the challenge you want to junk in for it ali or you want to both do it uh yeah all right <laughs> no i'm i i've got i've got time and i'm happy to do it i've, I've uh recently remembered how much i like doing laps around oh cohen so i'm happy to oh yeah yeah commit to well actually i'll i'll, I'll use as, as i'll use this as an opportunity to take my cat out for her first walk because she's gonna get her jabs you're gonna take so her for I'm... a seven mile walk yeah, I might put her in a backpack. Okay. Um, let, 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 me, we're, we're... let me jump in and say that you... I haven't read the rules. <laughs> that, you, that you don't have to do the whole 21,081 yourself. Uh, you are allowed to actually sign up a team of two to four people and split the steps among you if you'd like. Is two and a cat okay? <laughs> I, I I brought my dog last year, and she was one of my four team members. Yeah, that's a great loophole because, of course, every, every step we do, the dog does too. Yeah. Right? Because they've got four legs. <laughs> I love this loophole. Also, also, just real quick, Ollie, if you are seriously intending to put your cat in a backpack or take it on a seven-mile walk, I think we need to have a guest on for like Animal Cruelty Prevention Day. <laughs> no, so love it. I just it. want pictures. So love it. Yeah, I'll definitely send pictures. All right, well, I found the loophole. I'm just going to send four animals out. <laughs> I'll pay the fee, <laughs> and I'll just, I'll, I'll just uh, get get them to to return with a whistle. And and sit confidently knowing that I've done my part. And in fact, you might you might get uh, more more support from your friends and family if you uh, Instagram that than if you do it um, with yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why the hell is Doctor Doolittle over here so sad? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, with that, Bobby, shall we jump into the news? Bobby, do you know what's in the news this week? As we mentioned earlier, today is World Suicide Prevention Day, and TEL is at the forefront of leading the English language prevention efforts and awareness efforts here in Japan, which unfortunately um, Japan has a huge need for. Uh, we saw even in the foreign community recently there was a case of an English woman in Tokyo who, um, who most likely died by suicide. Well, we're going to discuss the issues surrounding that on the show today, but Selena, first off, uh, I understand that TEL, even though it's an English language service, originally grew out of a Japanese support service. Is that right? That's right. Um, TEL was founded in 1973 directly on the heels of Inochi no Denwa, which literally means lifeline, mm -hmm. and was founded in 1972 on the Samaritans model in the UK. Um, the Japanese Lifeline found that they were getting so many calls uh, that they couldn't handle from people in the international community that uh, TEL needed to create their own Lifeline very mm. soon after the Japanese Lifeline began. So TEL is a founding member of Inochi no Denma and started almost at the same time as the Japanese Lifelines. 
And is the approach of the two services the same? The only thing that's different is the language that's used. That's right. It, they, they both are founded on the same um, model of um, the Samaritan's model, client-centered counseling, and uh, anonymous, non-judgmental, free lifeline service. Mm. There'll be people that don't know what the Samaritans model is. Um, I mean, if you're in the UK, you'll definitely know what the Samaritans is because they've got a very large presence here. They make it very easy to get in touch with them. And it's, it's very um, humbling and sombering that most big bridges and beauty spots have a Samaritans card attached to it, you know, where you can you can dial a number. Um, so, yeah, how, how does that work from from the perspective of someone that's that's called up the Samaritans or or indeed your service? Our lifeline is run by trained volunteers, and we have over 100 trained volunteers who answer our phone and chat uh, from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. every single day and until 2 a.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And they will find a listener, someone who's non-judgmental. Uh, it's an anonymous service, and they can talk about anything that they'd like to without fear of being um, you know, judged or told that they are wrong or that mm. they that they mm. need to look somewhere else. I'm, I'm interested in this idea that there was a Japanese lifeline that got inundated with kind of uh, non-Japanese uh, speakers calling the line. I'm curious, um, in your experience, do you think, are, are non-Japanese people more likely to try to use these kinds of services or, or are these kinds of anonymous services comparatively easy for Japanese people to access? I do think that it is easier because it is anonymous and there is a lot of shame around the topic of suicidal ideation or depression um, and th these kinds of mental health, mental illness issues in Japan. And so having an anonymous service does make it easier to talk about it. Uh, that being said, there are around 50 lifelines in Japan, one in each prefecture, and they're all slammed, frankly. Mm. And so we actually get the spillover sometimes from those other lifelines. We have people that try to call our line in Japanese. We don't, uh, we don't talk to people in Japanese because there are um, 47 other lifelines that do service Japanese callers. Uh, but a lot of the callers who call us are Japanese people who speak who can speak English. We're dealing with such a huge spectrum of callers here, aren't we? You know, from people that really are just for the first time in their life maybe feeling sad and isolated that they haven't got their usual support network all the way to someone who is, you know, already strategizing in, in, of, of ways to, to, to end their life. Uh, I'm particularly interested in the, the kind of the, the lower end, the, the, these bottom frequencies, the people that maybe are interfacing with mental health support for the very first time that wouldn't dream of going to a doctor, but are but are starting to think that, that maybe there's a problem in their head that, that's solvable. How how do you train your callers to deal with these kind of very early stages? People that may not even have the toolkit to describe their mental health troubles, or or may not have the vocabulary to articulate I exactly what what's going on. The line is primarily for listening, and it doesn't mean that there's a ton of silence, but it is a place uh, for the callers to get out and explore what they would like to talk about or. Um, organize their thoughts or something like that. We also do have a lot of information on hand. Uh, we have a, a pretty large database of information all over Japan of different services because there are all kinds of things that intersect with mental health, whether it's work problems, financial problems, legal problems. And so some of those resources we, we can refer to people to. So it, it's really right. kind of a, a combination of 
um, information if folks need it and uh, letting them have a place to sort of process whatever, whatever it is that they're going through. I think one of the reasons that it's so important to have an English language, non-Japanese person focused support system like TEL uh, is that the cultural approach to mental health, especially around questions of suicide, is very, very different. Um, I, I've had experience in, in dealing with kind of like mental health professionals in both the US and in Japan. And in Japan, I was really surprised to find out that the way it's, it's treated is that as long as you're making it to work, you're okay. And, and I've had a couple of different health professionals here um, that I had difficulty getting them to take me seriously because the questions were all like, well, how many days have you taken off work? Or are you able to get out of bed? Or are you still eating? And it was as long as I, I actually had one guy tell me, he was like, well, come back when like you're not getting to work anymore because then you have a problem. Do, do you hear kind of similar frustration from uh, people who call the, the tele-support line? I think that that's common, yes. Um, one way that, one thing that ends up happening a lot in Japan is that people reach a point where they have to leave work and then they're off work for six months sometimes. Or yeah. they, they, they are off for so long and this is just accepted in Japanese companies um, because they're being pushed to the brink instead of nipping in the bud much earlier. I've actually had people use that as an example of how there is a support system for mental health in Japan. I, I think I was saying on online, I was having a discussion on Twitter about the idea that um, that there isn't a lot of support. And someone said, well, no, I, I know people in every workplace I've ever worked in who've taken extended time off for mental health reasons. And it's kind of like, it's not quite a chicken or egg sort of thing, but it's like, mm. is that the evidence of the support that you think it is. Right. And and not to be uh, totally capitalistic, but um, when people take that long off work, that's really expensive for a company. So it's not even a good tactic as far as the company is concerned, I, I don't think. Well, there's a move in the UK and it's, it's I think it's come out of Silicon Valley culture where, where it's quite common in some startups now to just have unlimited time off. Right. To, to take a mental health day. If you wake up, and you're not feeling it rather than, you know, and, and it's often right. A case of it's not the fact that your mental health is in a bad state. It's that there's enough other shit going on in your life that you haven't dealt with. So you can't focus at work. And, you know, you, you kind of get into this, this spiral of postponing and kicking your mental health tin can down the alley. And, and so this, this culture now of saying, look, if you need to just take a morning to just sort your shit out or whatever it is that's, that's bothering you, that's causing you this anxiety, you know, do it. And, and, and this kind of seems quite laudable, right? That like, you know, we, we can afford ourselves these mornings, these half days of sticking plasters. But I do sometimes feel that these are, these are over-celebrated. That actually, if we looked at some of the fundamental reasons why someone's mental health might be affected, it might be to do with job insecurity, it might be to do with money, it might be to do with, uh, you know, anxiety about I don't know, climate change or COVID or any other existential crisis going on. That sometimes I feel that we kind of over-celebrate this idea that, hey, yeah, you can have your quick fix. Go go for a walk in the park. Don't worry about you for a day. There, there surely must be a lot more to be done on a structural level. Uh, you know, to make the analogy of of like physical health. If our pavements are so broken that everyone's constantly tripping over, yeah, it's fine to say, yeah, we're going to give free antiseptic wipes and plasters. But can't we also like you know retarmac the pavement, please? 
I I like that analogy, Ali, but I think that there's another one that might fit as well that we use sometimes at Tell, which is we want you to go to the dentist and get a cleaning or to get a little cavity filled before you need a root canal. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid this analogy is not going to work for me because regular listeners to the show know what absolute horror stories I've had with Japanese dentists, uh, including uh, <laughs> injecting. Uh, what's that thing that they do to numb you? Novocaine. Uh, inj- Novocaine. Yeah, injecting that into my throat so i couldn't breathe so yeah actually if it's if it's all the same to you selena i'm gonna stick with my analogy <laughs> that's all right i'm going nowhere near a dentist but but yeah i get it this this idea that you know you you want to deal with it when it's a little niggle rather than the when it's a big problem but d- does tell also advocate for you know some of the, the bigger things that can be done to make sure that these problems don't present themselves in the first place, that there must be a huge amount of just general mental health issues that can just, you know, eventually can be dealt with. I don't know. Well, you're you're talking to, I have a social work background, and I absolutely believe that we need to have um, financial security, and we need to have a good support system, and we need to have a stable housing situation. So all of those things really have an effect on our mental health. And we we have to Mm. kind of fix the systems all the way through. Uh, it's not something that you are going to work and work and work, and then you're going to have a, a mental health day and you'll be better. We, we, we have to you know, look at our quality of life all the way around. And it's, it's complicated because the systems are vastly different in different countries. And when you've got a community that, that tele-serves, the foreign community that is used to kind of a certain mentality or a certain culture around mental health, um, and they're faced with a completely different attitude towards mental health in Japan. Uh, I think it can be very, very difficult to to know where to turn. In terms of this this question of suicide, or the risk of suicide, uh, in my experience in the West, there's a very, very quick response to the risk of suicide or the threat of suicide um, on the part of, of health professionals, mental health professionals. Um, to the point where if someone talks about having thoughts of suicide, they can be institutionalized. And uh, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. I, I just think it's the way that that the US tends to do it. And because I was very, very aware of that because of my own experiences, when I, when I spoke to a Japanese mental health professional, I was very, very careful to not say anything that, that might make them think that I I was depressed to the point of having suicidal thoughts. And I think that was kind of where the idea came from that um, I couldn't get them to take me seriously. Because I think with a Japanese mental health approach, it has to be really, really, really clear that there is some definite risk. There's some definite uh, negative outcome that is looming. And if it's not, then we don't take steps. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, Bobby. I uh, had a baby last year and... I was also filling out those questionnaires with a with a thought in mind, oh, I'm struggling and this is really hard, but I don't want to say too much because I am afraid how they'll see me and what, you know, what right. they might put on my record or something like that. So there's always that fear because you don't know how the service works. Yeah. How can we have these conversations with each other and with support centers and with mental health professionals um, to kind of best get the help that we need? I would love it if we all acknowledged that mental illnesses and mental health struggles are a lot more prevalent than 
we realize uh, the World Health Organization says that one in four people is having a mental health struggle uh, at any point, at some point in, in a year. And so that's a huge portion of the population. If it's not you, it's somebody in your immediate circle um, that's struggling with their mental health. So it's mm. way more prevalent than we speak about. Yeah. We had this uh, example just recently in Japan of, uh, of an English woman who was, was presumed missing and then later found dead. Um, and currently, I mean, in all the, the news stories that, that have been published, they say that the Japanese police are treating that death as a suicide. But it seems like there's a lot of reluctance to discuss it as a suicide in the news. Um, I'm wondering, I guess, like when, when discussing suicide or discussing mental health issues, is there a fear that making it more open or being more open about it might make it less taboo and then increase the risk of it somehow? I'm not sure what's going on in that particular case, but a lot of times there is a lot of shame around it. And so families don't want uh, it to get out that it was a suicide because of it could be um, shame, it could be religious reasons, it could mm. be um, an insurance thing. Um, and then as far as news organizations go, uh, it's best that they don't give a lot of details because they don't want we don't want people to get ideas and then try to copycat because that does happen sometimes. A, a, a similar strand to this is the the, the glamorization of the quote unquote suicide forest, right? You know that the, there's been an outright ban of that being on being on the news. I don't know anything about research as to you know the, the glamorization or the justification of su of suicide, but instinctively and intuitively, you, you'd hope that the balance would fall on being honest and frank about the cause of someone's death rather than than, than masking it. Because I think if if we don't, then we're unable to to confront the the scale of the problem. Yeah, I think that you're right that we need to talk about it honestly and frankly. Um, what the difference is is that when you're when reporting on suicide, uh, the best practice is not to talk about the details, the method, um, mm -hmm. things like that. And so I think right. it's it's uh, it is accepted to t to say this was death by suicide, but not they did it in this way at this time at this place right if that makes sense the the implication the implication being that that might then create copycats that that you that wholesale appropriate that methodology especially well. if it's a celebrity or something mm. yeah yeah right of course yeah you hear a lot of discussion among non-japanese people that um the suicide rate in japan is very very high i was surprised to find out in learning about tell that the suicide rate in japan has been going down for the last 10 years pre-covid what do you think were, were some of the uh, reasons for that? I think that the Japanese government does realize that there's a problem and there have been some campaigns to turn those numbers around. Um, there were a lot of times where people were told to have that stiff, stiff upper lip to gambaru, as you will, um, mm. which means to uh, just keep, keep going or keep trying. And um, mm. there has been more discussion. There have been more counselors allotted to uh, public schools because we know that youth suicide is a problem. And so having more counselors in the schools maybe helps the youth to get some much needed help. Um, but that all kind of came crashing down or unfortunately uh, trending back up with the onset of the pandemic last year. During the pandemic, have you seen an, an uptick in the demands, in the uh, numbers in which people are using the teleservices? There is uh, an uptake in people using our counseling, our clinic. And then we have um, 
a similar number of calls, um, but we so we can only take one call at a time um, on our line, and so we have a lot more calls on the answering machine that we weren't able to get to. Well, one one thing you have in your favor is the way that so many foreign nationals have been treated in Japan. They're all leaving anyway. I mean, so just the, the pool of people that you're going to have to service eventually will, will, will become minuscule if Japan continues to uh, to play fast and loose with people's visas the way they're currently doing. Especially with nobody being allowed in, right? People yeah. are leaving and then there's nobody allowed in, so. Mm. Yeah, you've got a different flavor of problems to deal with. There's, there's, for the last two years, you've had no fresh off the boat. You know, everyone's complimenting me on my chopsticks. You're dealing with the, the real hard-hitting hard cases, the ones that have been here for three, four years mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, have developed their own, uh, you know, particular blend of... Chopstick skills, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hey, thanks very much for listening to this episode 99 of Japan by River Cruise. Thanks as ever to those who take the time to leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really helps our egos. And thank you to our guest this week, Selena Hoy. Selena, the uh, JBRC team is going to be signing up for the Step Up Challenge. We're splitting those those steps, Ali. Uh, yes, but not evenly. We'll do it the same <laughs> way that we do with the coffees. <laughs> uh, we'll share all our information if you would like to pledge to donate some money and support our team in the Step Up Challenge. Selena, uh, what else would you like our listeners to know about how, how they can support TEL? Uh, you can support TEL by taking care of each other and um, taking care of yourself.